Welcome to the Truth Be Known podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. And I am Eki Tepsporchai. Well, it's good to have you uh, again, brother, I, I love doing these every week, and I think we've got a topic this week that is unique uh, to our day and age. It really came from me thinking about uh, the proverbs of iron sharpening iron, and I thought, you know, we don't hear too much about how to interact and respond uh, to brothers and sisters on social media mediums. Um, and and so when you look at Twitter, um, we see this all the time, right? Uh, brothers and sisters giving correction and then brothers and sisters willingly taking that correction. And uh, everybody's happy and growing and learning. Uh, <laughs> I'm being very facetious. Uh, that doesn't happen. Right? That, yeah, that's not generally what we find, right, on social media. And so, um, you know, thinking about uh, Ephesians, because we're, we're nearing the end. I've been preaching through it for uh, I think 78, approaching 80, uh, 80 weeks now, but, um, and uh, how we respond to one another in the body and thinking about um, the Proverbs that talks about iron sharpening iron. How should we be responding to one another uh, on social media? Do do we have an obligation to correct mm. one another? Do we have an obligation to try to sharpen one another? Should we just leave that to the local church context. I mean, these are kind of unique questions, right? In our day and age, um, when scripture was written, they didn't have Twitter, um, but they did have letters, right? That were being written back and forth. And so what, what are your initial thoughts on that? You, you know, the uh, on Twitter and social media, you get such a broad spectrum of theology. And I've said it before, our theology is not just what we know, but it's how we prioritize what we know. And so there are times where I'll have disagreement with a brother and I'll just leave it the way it is. You know, uh, we can agree to disagree. And there are times where I think uh, maybe a larger conversation or a more detailed conversation uh, needs to ensue. And there are times where it's a brother I don't even know. Um, they're coming out of left field with something that uh, is is crazy and um, attacking something that I think is of primary importance. And uh, then I kind of make a judgment call. Is it worth engaging? And and sometimes I'll engage just so that there's a public record of, of a response to, to something that's being said. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll vary to, depending upon the topic, the, the person, you know, and you know, different people, you know, when you're exposed to social media, you'll, you'll start to recognize certain personalities out there who are the type that, uh, whether fair or not, I kind of almost imagine them having like a lot of time on their hands and they're just sitting waiting for your response and, and they'll just keep debating it all day long. And I don't have that time. You don't have that time. And so when, when I kind of discern that someone is like that, you know, I might engage with a reply or two, and then usually someone else will come in and start to start engaging. But uh, I, I try not to drag that out too long. Yeah. And, and I think that's good. We're thinking about, about this, I guess the first question or the first statement that we should make is you don't have to respond or correct anything on social media. I, I don't think right. I, I don't think there's an obligation no, um, no. in the same way that there would be in in the local church. I mean, would would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So so definitely, if you're spending more time engaging in theological conversation online than the local church, you're doing it wrong. 
um, you, that that those kinds of conversations should be happening in the local church. Where online can be helpful is that there may be topics that come up that you had not heard of or had thought about, and they may prepare you for something that may come up in person. I've seen that happen on, on a number of different occasions. Um, so it can be a good preparatory step, uh, but definitely um, you're you're right. We do not have an obligation. And I love what uh, I love what D Dustin Benj said, and I don't remember if he said this online or he was kind of explained to us uh, his philosophy offline. But when it comes to Dustin Benj, you guys, everyone who listens, you guys know who Dustin Benj is. Just great, uh, great use of social media, puts out great content. And the way he described it is that to him, social media is an extension of his ministry. So in other words, whatever it is he's doing, the fruits of what he's doing naturally for local ministry, he'll then share onto social media, which I think is a great way to approach it rather than trying to treat social media as, as kind of its own thing. And uh, so I, I try to do the same thing. There are nuggets and things that I learn as, as I'm studying through the various books that I'm studying through and preaching through the books that I'm preaching through. And there are things that, um, that sometimes things that I'll kind of think in my head as I'm watching world events go, go on around me, things that pop up that I'll just kind of share it out there. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you can take it or leave it. So I, I totally agree with you. If you just kind of stick to that idea of like, hey, here are my thoughts. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to follow them. You don't, you know, people can unfollow you all they want and you can choose to follow who you want to hear from. So I just put it out there and, uh, and you know, I think most people are, are appreciative of that. But yeah, you do get a lot of people that just want to argue about everything. Yeah, and I think this is a good point. I mean, because it is a question that we need to ask, right? I mean, anyone who's seriously studying scripture, you you do see that there is a mandate in scripture right to to uh challenge one another in a biblical way when when we're off and that's genuine love i mean what we're talking about is really how, how to love one another or one of the many ways right that we love brothers and sisters in in the local church that looks like you know giving um constructive criticism um it, it, you know when things sound off asking one another about that and not not with the intention of just wanting to be right but but with the intention of genuinely wanting to see each other be more holy but mm. i don't think that extends to the twitter world um it, but that's a unique question right yeah. um yeah. And, and and i think a lot of people probably just maybe for lack of not really thinking through this giving a lot of time to it um, has probably just assumed that if you see something on Twitter that's in error, you need to correct it. Um, but but we just don't have an obligation to do that. I <laughs> yeah. think you can. I think you can correct it. But I don't think anyone right. should ever feel somehow guilty or unfaithful if they see something on social media and they decide not to address it. Um, I, I don't think anyone should Absolutely. ever feel that way. I don't think we're burdened. Um, now, in the local body, yeah. Um, I, I think that's not Different true. I, I think yeah. we do have a burden, right? And so kind of separating um, how we apply biblical truths and, and where they're applicable. Uh, in, in our day and age, it's going to be a lot more of that, how and when and where do we apply these things that we see in Scripture. But So, so we've got that kind of established. So you, you don't have to respond to anything on Twitter. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually just trying to rein in my stuff as well. Um, I've been a little more active this week. Um, I get a lot of uh, our, our Internet is so slow that sometimes when I'm doing other tasks, I'll just hop on my phone and tweet something out uh, while I'm waiting on something. But I'm I'm trying to pull back. Um, I, I'm also trying to engage less. 
Um, now that's just my personal preference. I don't have time um, to answer, you know, a 30 thread tweet. I mean, there was a lady who jumped on my tweet the other day and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. It was never ending. It, it was sort of like the song that never ends, you know, yeah. the lamb chops song from back <laughs> in the eighties or whatever. Um, it was the tweet that never ended. And I, I was like, I just, I, I just don't have time to keep up with this. Um, yeah. And, and so for, for me, you know, and it would be interesting to maybe share your philosophy of Twitter use too. But for me, I'm going to really scale back and, and I'm going to start addressing less, um, less contentious, controversial issues. I uh, will address them when we need to um, and really start focusing in more. And I just tweeted about that this morning um, on encouraging people's dependency on Christ and how to live yeah. a holy life basically in a crazy world. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm going to start refocusing my, my my attention. And I may still correct things at times, uh, but you just don't have to do those things. No. Right. There's no right. obligation. And Twitter isn't I, I see some people talk about how it's a great forum to have conversation. I don't see that at all. It's yeah, not my I, view. I don't think so either. Yeah. Text messaging, which is what Twitter is. It's just a mm -hmm. form of text messaging uh, is the least uh, productive form of communication. You, you can't, you, you don't have the flow of conversation. Yeah. You can't yeah. ask for definitions in an easy way. It's just not a great medium for, for that stuff really. Um, but all, all that to say, um, so that's kind of how I view Twitter and, and my, I'm sort of shifting, trying to be more in line with the way Dustin binge tweets, right? Um, yeah. I already try to tweet from what I'm studying or my schoolwork or things like that. Uh, but but I think that's going to become even more exclusively what I'm doing because I, I want to use Twitter to encourage people and build people up. And I think that's one yeah. way we can correct one another um, is just, just by tweeting good, solid biblical stuff, yeah. right? <clears throat> now, what's your philosophy uh, of, of, of tweeting? I mean, you've kind of already mentioned it, but and we always have yeah. those times, right, where we go outside right. of this. But of course, speaking. yeah. And, and I, I remember also speaking to uh, Nate Pickwicks, and uh, Nate Pickwicks told me, you know what, just tweet the truth. Uh, people need to hear the truth. And so I think to me, that's going to be the value of social media in two different directions. One, if I, if I'm learning something and I think this is beneficial for just the church universal to hear about it, I'll go ahead and tweet it, tweet it out. And there are a lot of people that enjoy that. And I know for me, when I'm on Twitter and I'm following people, I don't follow people that I want to do battle with. I mean, there are people on, on Twitter that do that. They'll follow people that they disagree with just so that they can keep kind of throwing rocks, you know, at that person. And and I only follow people that I find to be edifying, helpful, um, who have some thoughtful things to say. And, and, and these are people that in many cases, like for you and I, we got to meet them at G3. We, you know, developed some really great relationships in person. So that's really my philosophy, similar to what you said. It's, you know, put out stuff that is beneficial. People can take it. They can leave it. And at the same time, I'll go out there to read things from other people. And Dustin Benj is a great example of that. Well, he just has a way of phrasing things in a way that's like, wow, that's that's really good. That's really helpful. Nate Pickwicks is the same way. There's a number of people that we follow that are like that. And to your point, though, you're talking about text messaging. I think this is an important point because when it comes to personal relationships, the, the personal relationship is never better uh, than when you're having face-to-face -face actual communications, right? Person to person in the same room, engaging, having a cup of coffee together, going out to lunch together or something like that. 
the um the, the the most impersonal is the text messaging and in between you've got the you know the phone call or, or the video call and uh, i think of the corporate world when i was in the corporate world i knew that our marketing people you know when it came to closing a big deal you better be there in person to meet with that client in person of course you've got all the technology at your fingertips you can do video conferencing you can call them on the phone you can exchange text messages you can do emails but there is no Nothing like actual face-to-face -face communication in order to close out a deal. So I'm using a secular example and I'm bringing it in here for, for this purpose, that for us, the quality of our relationships, and I'm not trying to make a connection between selling, right? But the quality of our relationships within the body of Christ is never better than when we actually have face-to-face -face communications. And I'll tell you what, even on Twitter, probably the most meaningful interactions I've had um, have been with people that have direct messaged me. You know, they, they have a personal question. They're going through them, some stuff. They want to list out something that's a little bit longer, takes a little bit longer to read. And I'm going to have to provide an answer that's going to be more than just a few different tweets. And it's just me and that person. It's not open to the public where the public is going to read it. And they might misinterpret a hundred different things, either on what's being said to me or what I'm saying to the other person. So, yeah, Twitter is not meant for it, it's a public form. That's all it is. Um, it's yeah. imagine yeah. putting things on a, on a public bulletin board. And so if you kind of have that mindset, then I think it helps rein in this, this feeling like you always have to have these direct kind of confrontations and corrections over social media, because it's just not the platform for that. You know, and the other thing too, <clears throat> if you really have something that you're trying to work out with your brother, and I've seen people do this, but if you really have something you need to work out with your brother and you see your brother say something on social media that you don't agree with, direct message that person or contact that person directly. You know, talk it over behind the scenes. You don't need to wage war out in the public forum and in, in these differences. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just some additional thoughts. I, I pr pretty much agree with everything you said. Those are just some additional uh, thoughts that came to my mind as uh, as I'm thinking through this. Yeah, I think that's really good. And and I've seen, you know, back. In, so we kind of talked about sort of the our philosophies of using Twitter and everyone will have sort of their own different thing. And and I, I don't think there's necessarily a, a right or a wrong as long as we're, you know, as long as we're acting within biblical character. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you're using Twitter, just for instance, as a way just to fight people all the time because that's what you love, that's that's not biblical. Right. That would be a wrong usage for a Christian. Uh, well, really for anyone, but especially for the Christian. Um, yeah. So let's kind of sort of switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, and you've already you've already mentioned some things that, that speak to this, but if you are going to correct uh, a, a brother or maybe let's just start with brothers and sisters in the Lord, because it's quite yeah. different when you're responding to unbelievers. And I mean, there's a lot of unbelievers, right? We, we, we all are bombarded by that. Um, but in dealing with a brother and sister, right. And it, one of the things you mentioned that I really like is DMing the person. Um, so, we're talking about DMing. I, I've had this DM, by the fairly... way, DM stands for direct message. If anyone direct messaging, to this, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's I've had, email, yeah. I've had this, um, this from, you know, uh, uh, from people on our camp recently, there's sort of this new idea that, uh, direct messaging is direct messaging is some kind of, um, very extra personal, private if you dm someone it's a bit shady i, I mean there's even this phrase yeah. slide into my dms let me just say emphatically that's stupid it's yeah. just like an email 
right? If that's your view of direct messaging, one, you need to change your view. But two, just don't make DMs an option. And because I've I've had that where I've I've tried, there's been back and forth with brother sister, and I I mean I mean it doesn't matter to me if you're a brother or if you're a sister. Um, you know there are times where I'm like, well, I, I don't want to answer this publicly because I don't want it to, you know, I don't want it to make them seem like they're taking a view that maybe they're not. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and so I've DM'd, and then there's been a time or two where the response was, oh well, uh, I I don't DM and, unless you're your wife and my husband and another party are all part of the DM. That's stupid. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Um, m- my wife has access to everything that I have and it, your spouse certainly should too. And it's no different than an email. So don't be ridiculous. And I think sometimes our camp gets really crazy with some of that stuff. Um, it's not like a, a counseling session, right? right, right I don't right. counsel women behind no. closed doors in, in a private setting. Don't do that. It's got to be um, accessible, uh, not necessarily where someone can hear every single thing, but they can see, they can walk in, whatever the case is. Um, and and in most cases, it's it, it's a, it's privately done in a public setting because you can do that, or my wife is there with me, right, or another yeah, woman. Yeah. But your DM isn't like that, so don't get crazy with that stuff. But anyway, um, so I, I only I, I mention will, that because yeah. it's a huge thing on the left side. <laughs> yep sliding into people's dms we just yeah. got to get over that weird view i don't know where that came from go ahead brother yeah I, I will add that um sometimes there could be a concern about you know if you're just messaging someone you can kind of develop a relationship that way um so That's i understand true. that um and and so i i will <clears throat> generally if i'm if i'm talking to, if a, if a woman contacts me then i'll add my wife to it or if i'm if there's something i want to ask someone else who's a woman i'll include my wife so that she's She's privy to it as well, so I, I will do that just um, just out of respect and and to uh, to to avoid any kind of concerns about that. But um, but yeah, it, it isn't the same as actually being in person with someone, and especially if you're talking about social media, it's probably not even someone that you've met um, in person or spent time with in person. So there are different dynamics at play, and I would just say just use wisdom there. Um, but um, but I have seen cases in counseling where um, relationships were kind of built over, for instance, Facebook messaging where they're kind of going back and forth. The next thing you know, kind of turns into, hey, let's meet up and have lunch. And and, and then thing, things that are inappropriate start to happen from there. So yeah, just use wisdom when it comes to that. Yeah, and I guess, let me be clear. What, I, what I'm not saying is that there are, you can't do those things. Um, I'm just saying that I've experienced in our own camp just sort of this yeah. hypersensitivity that's like, yeah, oh my right. goodness, you messaged me. Um, it, you know, everything is sinful now. That that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I agree with you. There there are some. There are most definitely. Look, if I if I message, let me just use uh, an example. Uh, Michelle Leslie. I've messaged yeah. her before. Um, she's yeah. messaged me uh, I, I here and to, there yeah. about an article or just something random like that. Or someone. Um, oftentimes, guys will message uh, the both yeah. of us. But look, that's fine. I, there's no issue there, but it, if, it, if it, it, there could be a situation where if, if it were someone else that messaged me, I, I would, I would have to include at least another person. Yeah. Um, right. Right. So, yeah. So I'm not saying don't ever do that. It's not, you know, just don't go overboard, yeah. but all of that in the greater context of if we don't have the freedom to DM people, 
then I, I, I think we lose um, the ability to deal with correcting one another in a, in a healthy and wholesome way. Because right, what we right. don't want to do, it, it, Twitter's a public forum, right? And so the value of using direct messaging in an appropriate way is that you you aren't inviting the whole general public, largely unbelievers, into a conversation where, one, they're not going to understand anyway because they're not going to understand scripture. Um, and two, it doesn't that way it doesn't give the appearance of infighting where really that's not always the case. Right. No. Um, you're just getting down to de dealing with what scripture does or doesn't say. And that's healthy rather than kind of making it a, a public entertainment scene for the world. Um, no. So that's why I kind of prefaced it with all of that. So you talked about DMs. Um, OK, so let's let's say and we'll just ask you, let's say you you decide to correct someone. They make a statement about whatever and you feel like you want to correct them. Um, what would what do you think the heart motivation and attitude should be before you ever type a sentence? Because this I would wager is where anyone who goes wrong, they go oh. wrong here first. Yeah. Go to the Lord in prayer. Um, humble yourself. Uh, go to the Lord in prayer and carefully think about what it is you want to approach that fellow brother on and um, and 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 give that person the benefit of the doubt when you're approaching them and write, hey, you wrote wrote this and it seems like you're saying this um is that correct or or something like that but yeah i i, I would say first thing is to to pray about it uh make sure that you're of the right mindset the right uh, you've got the right heart in it and uh and, and make sure you understand what it is that you're approaching that person on what was that you were thinking of yeah no i i think that's great um i i'm just thinking of and this is hard right because we're talking about text and uh, yeah. You don't want to impugn motives, so you got to be careful there, and you don't want to insert. Yeah, yeah. right. You don't. You, you have to be. We all insert tone, right? Uh, because you have to read the message, and you're not hearing a voice. But we need to be careful in, in assuming a negative tone. Sometimes yeah. it's blatantly obvious, right? I mean, with the words that they use. But I think a lot of times I watch professing believers who who aren't on on just totally out in left field who seem to be missing each other because things get a bit heated, it, it seems like. Yeah, right. You know, and you're just kind of watching this and you're thinking, well, I, I wonder if if the motivation ever was for for the betterment of my brother, right? Am, mm -hmm. am I correcting because I, I want to see them be more holy? Am, am I engaging because genuinely I could be wrong and so I have that humility? Um, and, and we all fail at times in these things, but just generally speaking, I think, you know, you're right on that has to be the first thing. And I don't know, you know, that we need to, you know, put our put our keyboard aside and spend 10 minutes in prayer before we respond to every single person. But, um, you know, if we're going to correct someone, we, we ought to have prayer uh, no. in, in regards to that. I mean, even if it's just, you know, you can pray with your eyes open and in the moment before you type anything. Um just kind of that spirit of prayer where your hope is for something good and godly to come out of it rather than just, we have a lot of, even in our camp. And I think honestly, our camp is probably more notorious for this than others. Um, just want to be keyboard warrior theologians. <laughs> oh. Right. Um, I, 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 I see that more and more. And I think uh, be interesting to get your perspective on this. I think this is a needed topic. 
because I think this is one way our culture infiltrates us. Um, the, the, the combative nature of our culture, I think no. one way it's crept into the church is, and it's more subtle because it's combativeness towards theological topics, which makes it feel good and right. I am fighting for the truth, but yeah. God doesn't really care if you're fighting for the truth, if your heart motivation is completely sinful, right. if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, your um, your motivation is important, and not impugning motivation is important. You mentioned that, you know, and, and we go to a person. Not only are you trying to avoid impugning someone's motives or presuming upon their motives, uh, but just having a heart that seeks to understand. But yeah, there there's a general mindset um, about uh, wanting to go to war um, over Twitter, and and really, I think that the question one should ask is, would I be behaving the same way if I was in the same room with this person? And if the answer is no, then ask yourself, why are you doing it, you know, over, over a public forum? And, and sometimes we can get, you know, we can get tempted into the, the way we appear, wanting to win battles, uh, feeling like the, the, the spiritual war is, is going to be waged over social media, but it's going to be won or lost also over social media. And it's not. Look, you know, the, um, what, what's helpful to me about Twitter is that when, they're, when things are happening, I'll usually hear about first on Twitter – but like I said, I'm following people, getting getting some great insights from them, causing me to just think through things theologically. Um, but when it comes to warfare, uh, the war of words, uh, social media is not a very productive place. And I'm, I'm with you. There's there's a lot of people that, you know, I, I tweet something I think is pretty straightforward and simple. And then someone else tweets like a five part tweet um, explaining why they disagree. And usually at that point, I'm just I'm just checking out and, and just leaving, leaving them be. Um, this is not the place for. For that kind of theological warfare, and the other thing too, you know, we we've stood up uh, for we've had many episodes on what we deem primary doctrine. So Jesus Christ is God; that is primary doctrine, mm -hmm. right? Um, the importance of the church that that's that's primary to us. And when someone comes and and just starts saying, "Oh, well, church doesn't matter," or "Jesus Christ isn't God," or something like this, that, or the other, I have no desire to engage. I have no if, even if you DM me. I'm probably not going to spend any time trying to defend that view because you've already you've already gone through a lot to get to that place of falsehood and and for me to spend time trying to engage you with arguments that you've probably already in your mind refuted many times over there's no there's no purpose and and both ways too both ways so yeah we we remember the spiritual war is not is not going to be on social media it's going to be first and foremost in your families okay in your marriages Husbands with your wives, wives with your husbands, and, and with your children, with your neighbors, with those who are within the church. And I'm not saying that you're going to war with them, but I'm saying the spiritual war happens on those levels. When people are going through hardships, when they need prayers, when they need people who are there for them, you know, when you start to detect that your brother or sister in Christ is starting to starting to drift in their views or, or starting to engage in activities they shouldn't be engaging in, that's where the real spiritual war needs to needs to happen. It's within that local church. We're building each other up. We're keeping each other accountable. And I, I fear that the amount of time that people will spend online, and this has been generally true throughout society, especially over the last five to 10 years with these with, with the uprising of social media, um, is that people spend much more time developing digital relationships than actual face-to-face -face relationships. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, the biggest difference is this, because there's a lot, a lot of people that have fooled themselves into thinking that, oh, it's, it's, it's still a relationship. It's just over a different form. Listen, digitally, if you disappear off social media, a lot of those people that you think know you and care about you 
probably won't give one lick about you. They they won't care. They won't. They may not. They, they may think for a moment, oh, where's that person? And after that, they won't even think about it. You know, the people who are going to be there for you are the ones that you're developing relationships face to face with. So a lot of this is just prioritization of behavior. Where is it that I'm paying my greatest attention to? And and I applaud those who have seen that Twitter has encroached on their uh, on their own sanctification in a negative way and have decided to take a break or even just get off the platform altogether, because that that would certainly be better um, than to than than for your walk to be about how you engage strictly on social media. Yeah, and and I think you know the the temptation with Twitter, I don't think with all social media, but Twitter's just the one I'm most familiar with. It is to want to be liked, to to want to be kind of in the crowd, to want to be seen. I, I mean, it's why, you, you know, you get guys who make a big deal out of how many followers they have. And, and someone might say, oh, well, you know, you can say that because you've got, you know, whatever 10,000 followers we've got. Yeah, but right. you're like, look, in the world of Twitter, that, that's nothing. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a yeah, drop in yeah. the bucket and and probably half of those are trolls in my case, um, it, you know, and so they make such a big deal out of it. I've seen a lot of this recently, you know, every every few thousand uh, followers. Look, nobody cares. Um, it, it, you know, the, the world cares about that stuff. Um, and, and, and so it does. It becomes almost more real in people's lives than their real life. Um, and, and then, it, you know, and then are the argumentation back and forth. And and so, so we don't, we don't have to correct everything and everyone. I think it, what you just finished talking about is really the recognition that probably a lot of us cast far too many pearls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. who, who you do and don't engage with. And um, I think we need more, uh, more of that kind of discernment. It, you're probably not going to win someone to Christ over Twitter. Now, I'm not yeah. saying you won't. God uses whatever he pleases. I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, be sharing the gospel. I think we should do that on every medium we can. Um, But if you're getting in a, you know, three hour long debate or even worse, I see I I see uh, two people debating something, a believer with an unbeliever, an antagonistic unbeliever, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I go to bed. And then the next day, mid-afternoon or whenever I really get on again, I see it's still going on. And I'm like, I mean, did you really just spend like, and then it's like 10 hours of ongoing stuff back and forth. Um, so, so again, but back to brothers and sisters. Yeah, I think uh, DM is often the way to go. Now, I've seen guys correct, uh, and I've done it myself, um, where I just say, well, you know, what about this view? Or I think this is a little edgy. Um, let's kind of just kind of talk about the benefit of doing that. Um, because this is something I think we it, we could do more of in a good way, and it would be helpful to one another. So one of the things that I would hope is that if, um, you know, brothers and sisters were looking at my uh, Twitter and they were like, wow, that that seems really caustic. And it seems like there's a lot of it. Right, that that they would message me, let me know. Um, do you have to do that? Do you have a responsibility to me to do that through Twitter? Well, no, you're not my local congregation, but you know, I think there is this sense of when you you see people responding, you know, oftentimes you know that they're solid brothers and sisters. I don't think you have to, but I think it is certainly a very loving thing to do. 
if you kind of yeah. see tweets going in in a bad direction or whatever and and i'm sure you would probably want that if 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 people noticed right brothers and sisters noticed right, that your right. tweets were seeming strange or off or maybe a little more argumentative than normal i'm sure you would you would welcome someone to saying hey what's what's going on your tweets seem to be a, l- a little strange lately i mean would would you welcome that kind of thing yeah and if it's all done out of love and and really everything should be done out of love and and i think you know on these social media platforms there are certain people that we recognize because we interact with them more who are very supportive um they they listen to us they they follow our tweets um they they provide some insightful and good feedbacks uh, the feedback they they show that uh, they understand what it is that we're speaking of you know I, I think when someone knows that you care about them they're going to receive that uh, a little bit better um I, but a lot of that ties back to just how you conduct yourself overall if you're seeing seen as being a combative person it's going to be difficult for others who know your online personality to take your correction um with a you know, you know <clears throat> without uh, impugning motives uh, upon you so yeah, I think when done in love and and with people that you know you know that uh, they care about you and or the other person knows that you care about them, you know I think it can be very helpful, it can be very constructive. And I've seen instances where people have have really given thought to what it is that uh, that they hear, and even people that I thought were nece- unnecessarily hostile towards me, and uh, and I've just kind of backed off, said okay, whatever. Um, someone else would go behind the scenes, talk to that person. That person would come and apologize to me. So yeah. I, I've seen it work, and and usually it works when uh, when that person is being approached by another person that they know cares about them. And how you communicate care, um, it's going to be how you conduct yourself, how you approach it. You know, uh, try not to put people on the defensive. Not try not to, you know, just start putting people into categories or or start to impugn motives. Those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, it can be done well, and and I think it's it's helpful when when people know that you care. Yeah, and I think you hit on something really important. We're talking about right whether or how you how you should correct brothers and sisters on social media. I I think if uh, it's not someone you interact with regularly, you probably just don't worry about doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. And for that reason, so yeah. I mean, there are there there are uh, a lot of brothers and sisters we've met. Um, from mm-hmm. social media, like at the G3 conferences or, you know, I've always meet more guys at uh, Shepherd's Conference and things like that. And so once you have that personal connection, the, you've changed the, the the relational dynamic there. But there are other guys who we interact with, you know, more frequently on social media. Um, and, and so I think if it's someone you interact with a lot, um, then, then you have the opportunity um, to... To, to sharpen in, in a loving brotherly yeah. way that would might be more receptive, right. Then, um, you know, for, for instance, I, I'm trying to think of a person in particular, but there are a couple people that I can think of that I've not really met in person um, it, it, with any significance, right. Who, if they were to message me, I interact with them enough. They interact with my stuff enough on Twitter that if they were to message me and say, you know, that, that's I'm not sure what's going on here. What what was up what what was up with this tweet? Then I I would take that a little bit more serious, right? I, yeah. I see, you know, they've responded to my tweets for a while. I've responded to theirs. You kind of get to see what their personality is like. As opposed to someone out, you know, who I've never seen before, or rarely ever respond to, or yeah. <clears throat> you know, who sends me a message saying, Hey, um, whatever this is, I didn't like this. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to dismiss that. Right. Um, 
And I generally don't take criticism from from anyone outside of my camp either um, on social media, right? No, no. Because of the type of place it is. Um, yeah. But there's been a couple of times where, you know, brothers have looked at stuff and have said, well, I'm not sure this communicated what you wanted it to. Um, and and so I, I would use that as a litmus test as well, maybe. If it's not someone you interact with often enough, then just don't do it. It's probably not going to be helpful. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to communicate love in, in, in this medium, I think, than otherwise. Yeah, I, I think those are those are good guidelines. Um, again, remember, the social media world is is not the real world, um, but there are circles of people that you're going to develop um, more meaningful relationships than others. Uh, people that you're going to be able to meet face to face, people that, uh, you know, they know you care about them and, and you know, they care about you. And, and that's going to be the best scenarios uh, for, for people to provide that kind of feedback. Um, and it's uh, done out of love. It's a uh, concern. They say, Hey, I love your stuff, but you know, what you t tweeted here, what you posted here, um, I, I don't think is, is really loving or really kind or, um, you know, so there are times where I posted something that I learned a little bit more and I ended up removing the post because someone just provided some additional context or information that, that I wasn't aware of that really kind of changes how I, how I view what I just posted if I'm responding to something or someone or some event that 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 happened. So yeah, th those are all helpful tips. And, and I agree with uh, people outside of your camp. And I know this will probably lead some to criticize us about making Twitter into more of an echo chamber, right? Um, but if someone is not in your camp uh, and, and they want to argue about something that you've already come to a firm position on, um, and they've already come to a firm position where they stand, look, we don't know each other. Um, I, I understand why you believe what you believe. I disagree, and I have my reasons for doing it. I don't think it's going to be very beneficial for us to just go back and forth like this. Now, if you're in my church, if you were local, even if you were in another church, but you were local and you wanted to sit down, yeah. hey, great, let's have some coffee. We'll, we'll sit down, talk about it. I'll even recommend some resources. We might even read through something together. Um, but yeah, over social media, it's just it's just a waste of time. So it comes down to how are you going to redeem the time, right? Uh, I know you've been preaching through Ephesians, and, and Ephesians tells us to, to redeem the time, make the most of the time, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the days are evil, so we need to redeem our time, make sure we use them to the best effect. And often just spending too much time arguing or debating or getting to long conversations with people that you don't know, and, uh, and, and it's really just kind of an intellectual debate. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just become entertainment for too many of us, right. To, yeah. to debate and argue theolo theology on, on social media. Um, now I, I think we should care about what the public witness of Christ is like. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so there will be things where you, you look and you just think, I, I can't not correct this. Um, and I think you have the freedom to do that. Just do it yeah. well, do it lovingly, mm -hmm. do it for God's glory and for the person's, you know, sanctification. And then I think, you know, as we kind of end up um, I'm looking at Ephesians here, the end of chapter four, I mean, this is really a great litmus test for everything, but it's needed for social media because I think we all realize, uh, you know, social media just has a natural tendency to make you want to fight people. I don't know why that is really. I, I don't have time to really, you know, philosophize on that, but, um, but it just does. It pulls you into like combat mode uh, no. for whatever reason. But the end of chapter four, 31 and 32, it says, uh, let all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be a put away from you 
that would eliminate a lot of Twitter right there, right? Yeah. Let yeah. all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be put away from you, um, along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, graciously forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also has graciously forgiving you, forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is something I, I need to get better at. Right. Um, demonstrating tenderheartedness and graciousness. And I think all of us could look at that list and find that oh, we, yeah. we we could do a little better in those things. But yeah. Twitter, I think we just have to acknowledge Twitter doesn't lend itself to tenderheartedness or to graciousness. Um, no, and, yeah. And, and so, also that even even when you do things with the right motivation, you know, out of a motivation of love, someone who just hates you or disagrees with your views will often not receive the tone the way you would have given it if it were in person. Right. Um, so I've had people think that I was angry just because I was posting truth um, or that I was being overly judgmental or, you know, there was the, the last thread I, I posted that I can remember was the gospel. I, it was three tweets, just a, a simple um, explanation of the gospel. And the first thing I said is the good news, um, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Second thing I posted was that our problem is that we are all sinners and because of sin, we all deserve eternal condemnation. And then from there, I go into Jesus Christ, why he came and all that. But I remember there were some people that responded really negatively towards the fact that I opened up talking about sin, right? And that's one of those things where it's like, okay, and and, and there are, this is we can get into a whole different discussion about why sin is so important to talk about when presenting the gospel. But when people attacked me for it and they were, you know, saying, Oh, this is so unloving. This is so ungracious. This is people like you are the reason why people are are becoming Christian and whatnot. They are reading tone into there. That's actually opposite of what I intend by saying what I say, you know, and, and there were, and, you know, praise be to God. There were a lot of people in our camp that they saw that for what it was. They're saying, no, that's actually the most loving thing you can do is actually to lead with truth. My point being is this, even when you do things with love and with the right motivation, social media, the, the kind of platform it is, that tone will often get lost and you just have to accept that as well. Yeah, I, that's a really great point. Don't interpret um, the, it, you, the litmus test in in those verses is not how people respond, right? It, it's, <laughs> right. right? You should never decide whether or not you're being kind, tenderhearted or gracious purely based on how people are responding. Uh, yeah. Jesus, th- there was no person more tenderhearted or kind yeah. or gracious than Christ, and they crucified him. And then he turns around before his crucifixion in Matthew, the Beatitudes, and he says that they're going to do it to you too, right? Um, and, and so this is really just a, a, a heart check that we need to have. Yeah. And then, and then you know, when you know that you, you're posting whatever, or maybe you've decided to you know, correct or ask questions. I think asking questions is the best way to to do that, right? Um, no. <laughs> rather than just come out and say, unless it's just blatantly wrong. But when you know that your your heart's right, that you know you're being tenderhearted, you're being gracious, um, then I think you can just not worry so much about you know, especially what the world's yeah. response is going to be. Now, if all the brothers that you know, brothers and sisters that you know to be solid from their post. Are, are raising the eyebrow, then, you know, maybe you should take note and, and take a step back and yeah. consider it. I think through um, what you just said, yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, the it, kind of the last thing, and then and then you can draw us up here. Um, think before correcting someone, I think asking questions, like I just said, is 
is the way to go. So I'll just give you a real live example. Um, Owen Strand posted something yesterday about sanctification and I read it and I was like, that, that doesn't sound biblical at all to me. Um, but I, but I know I'm pretty sure that's not what he believes. Um, and it, it, it was on, you know, sanctification and it being all of God. And, and when I read it, um, it very much felt like monergistic sanctification. Um, mm. in progressive sanctification, there's just no yeah, distinction. Right. And so I thought, well, I don't think he believes that, but I don't understand this tweet. And, you know, he's a theologian. He's, uh, you know, uh, is he the vice president? Um, I, I think they're at the, the, the GPTS. School. Yeah. Um, yeah. Grace yeah. Bomb Bible I, Theological Seminary. I think yeah. that's his position. I may, get, I may have gotten that wrong, but you know, he's a theologian, he's a public figure and he's tweeting out this and I'm like, I, I don't understand. That. So, you know, I just ask a question, right? Um, yeah. Which he graciously responded, and it, there was no contention. There was no, um, you yeah. know. And since I don't interact with him much, um, I did in the tweet, right, say something like, you know, the, the I, I'm, I hope I'm not coming across as combative. That's not my yeah. intention. Right. right. And so sometimes just little things like that, yeah, right. You know, is very helpful, um, especially when it's sincere. And and of course he was. Uh, he 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 kind of communicated exactly what I thought his position was. Yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, sometimes I, I thought it was a really good exchange, hoping that people would kind of see, uh, yeah. because I do see a lot of people disagreeing with things that Owen say, and I mean, yeah. everyone, yeah. right? It's not mm -hmm. just him. Um, and, and sometimes those are good things for people to see mature believers asking questions. Yeah. Good. Good examples. Things. Yeah. In, any final thoughts? Uh, if, if someone's at home and they're like, well, should I, now I just don't know what to do. Should I correct people? Should I not correct people? <laughs> you know what? Thanks, if, if guys. You're you've just confused me. <laughs> you know, and if you're confused about something that was said and you're not sure where you stand, um, I, I like what you said, ask questions. And, uh, and, and even that little disclaimer, hey, this is a genuine question or I'm not trying to fight. Um, I'll do that sometimes. Like if I'm asking a question, I'll look at the question and I'll think to myself, how is this going to be received? Or how could this be received by most people? And if the question looks very similar to the kinds of questions that people ask when they're being combative, but I'm not trying to be combative, then I'll ask on top, okay, I'm not trying to be combative. I'm actually looking for an answer. Because sometimes people ask questions, they mean it rhetorically, like getting, getting yeah. setting them up so they can kind of attack them. So I think that's a that that's a great step there to, to kind of clarify that. Um, so if you're just confused about something, ask questions. If you disagree... Be willing to agree to disagree. That that's okay too, and I think that we need more of that on social media. There have been so many times where I can see someone disagrees with me, and I'm saying, "Look, I'm okay with you disagree with me. For some reason, you're not okay with me disagreeing with you, right?" Um, and and so that the other person won't let go just because I, I won't take over that position. So just have some grace in this. Recognize that um, that even in the world of Christendom. Um, in the world of Christianity, all of us as theologians, we don't agree on every single thing in scriptures. And, and that's why it comes down to theology is not just what you know, it's how you prioritize what you know. And so if you prioritize the big things, the the gospel, the deity of Christ, things like that, and, uh, and, and let your conduct reflect those priorities. Look, Presbyterian brothers, there are some good Presbyterian brothers out there. I do not agree on infant baptism. I do believe on believer's baptism. I'm not going to engage in a big old long argument about it, right, um, online, because I know where they stand. I know where I stand. I know where they stand. We'll agree to disagree. 
So just just exercise some discernment and um, and and if you're trying to understand, ask questions. And if you disagree, just simply say you disagree, and then just leave it at that. Don't don't feel the need that you've got to turn this into a a twenty tweet long battle back and forth trying to prove your position. Right. Yeah. Amen. Well, guys, I hope this has been uh, helpful to you. It's a topic that I just haven't really heard too much uh, of and uh, pretty much the whole all of us are on some social media platform these days. So um, if you have any questions, please feel free to email us truth be known podcast at Gmail. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, from you if this podcast was helpful. We'd love to get some feedback if you have any other comments or recommendations for topics. Uh, we, we, we really want to be uh, practical. We, we want to help uh, just edify the, the, the body of Christ at large. And so feel free to email us with uh, some suggestions and topics you'd like for us to cover. And until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at strivingforeternity.org in the podcast section.